0: This podcast is a production of the Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska. A place where real people meet a real God to live in a real world. For more information, visit our website at www.communitycovenant.net. The scripture reading this morning is from Isaiah chapter 41, and I'm reading verse 10 and verses 17 through 20. Isaiah 41:10 So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. The poor and needy search for water, but there is none. Their tongues are parched with thirst. But I the Lord will answer them. I the God of Israel will not forsake them. I will make rivers flow on barren heights and springs within the valleys. I will turn the desert into pools of water and the parched ground into springs. I will put in the desert the cedar and the acacia, the myrtle and the olive. I will set pines in the wasteland, the fir and the cypress together so that people may see and know May consider and understand that the hand of the Lord has done this, that the Holy One of Israel has created it.
1: Um, My name is Mike Alberts, and my family and I have been new to the church. We started, I started as a youth and young adult director in October. Uh, We've been living in Alaska. This is our third winter. We spent a lot of summers up here. I used to work for another ministry. And um, we spent probably five or six summers leading a college-age men's development ministry in Anchorage And we, I love it up here. It's just been a joy uh, I'm very excited that last Sunday was the solstice the salmon turned around on that day and they're coming back um, I loved fish. I grew up fishing my dad. I would ask him in a mud puddle dad are there fish in there and he'd, he'd tell me no 40 times and I'd ask 41 and then he'd say yes, and I'd grab my fishing rod and go fish in the mud puddle. And so, just a little bit about me. Um, my wife, Corey and my kids are probably still hibernating, and they'll join us at the 11 o'clock service. We have three kids, two teenagers. Josiah is a sophomore in high school, and Linnea is an eighth grader. And then we have our young commander, Lydia, who will—I who will, don't know what she'll do, but uh, you better look out. So, we had a great Christmas— um, just, we live right at the Butte, we had a, just a beautiful time, we had a snow out there uh, on Christmas Eve, or Christmas Day, and uh, one of the things we love about living there is, I, I love to hike, and it just, it's good for me, helps me get healthy, and I, I have some pretty good news as I look at the new year, is I lost some weight this this year the bad news is I think I found every ounce in the last seven days. (laughs) And so as we we think about coming into the new year, this is an introspective time for a lot of us. And what do we do with gaps in our life? I have the picture of a 19-year-old Mike in my head. That's who's, but I'm not 19 anymore. (laughs) Last time I checked, I look in the mirror, who is that guy? Yeah, he's a he's fifty pounds heavier than the guy in my head, and so there's this gap between what I think should be real, and and here's reality right here. And so we're, today we're going to look at God with us. Uh, we're building off the idea of the name Emmanuel, which was given to Jesus when um, his father was spoken to, it says you're going to call him Emmanuel. So it's taken from Matthew one twenty three, and it, the the scripture says the virgin will will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So as we look at life and we look at a new year, a lot of us are gearing up for, man, there's some things I really want to change in my life. It could be for the better or things you just, man, I'm over 2014, bring on 2015. It could be a lot of pain in 2014 what does it mean for God to be with us? And so it's kind of ties. Last week, if you were here, Pastor Tyler gave a message on peace. And he talked about really how God brings peace through there. There's there's many parts to salvation. There's three parts to salvation in my mind. We usually only talk about one of them in the church. We talk about being saved from the penalty of sin. So we had a broken relationship with God and and we could have peace with God in our past, and and we could be saved. And we talked about that is part of salvation. But the other two parts Todd talked about as well. Uh, we could have peace in our present. So we have, can have peace from our past, and we can have peace in our present. Now, the reality is that Jesus isn't a band-aid for life. We need his help every day. There is brokenness in our lives that we cannot escape. And we need his help to bring peace in our present. And that's what we're going to look at today. That's part of salvation too. God is saving us from the power of sin in my life and in a broken world. And then the third part of salvation we're not not going to talk about, but this is all about Easter and resurrection, is sin has no part in our future. We will be saved from the presence of sin one day. And that's a very, very, very good day. Everything that's wrong about our world now, will be made right. We just had uh, a Christmas Skype call with my mother-in-law, and my father-in-law just passed away this September, you know, and I just started bawling. I hadn't cried yet, really. It just been too, too busy, and uh, the reality of the looking at my kids, he was such a good grandfather, amazing grandfather, and it, it's, we weren't made for death. It's not right. And so in our future, we will have peace because there will be no sin in our in, in our future. But I want to look at how about life right now? What do we do about life right now? How is God with us in our journey? One day, all will be well. And that is good news. But it is also good news that God is with us right now where we're at. And I don't want to make light of anyone's story. I don't want to sound like a Hallmark card that just you know, let go and let God—you know, we can throw a lot of little platitudes at one another uh, that can just iron over the, the depth of our, our pain that we may be experiencing. But here are some of my thoughts. I'm a real practical—my spirituality is really practical. God, where are you right now with me? So there's a few perspectives I think we need to take as we look at this. Uh, the first one is that we need to put God at the center— Of the story, not myself. We're we're all egocentric. Can we say that out loud? (laughs) I am egocentric. Join me. I am egocentric. I think life is about me. I think everyone should think like me, have my values, dress like me. Well, maybe not, but, uh, you know, I believe that God is here for me, which he is, but there's a higher purpose to all of everything, to scripture, to salvation. It's not about us. That was probably the best line in uh, Rick Warren's book, The Purpose Driven Life. The very first line, it's not about you. <laughs> it's not about me either. God is at the center. And if we want to look at Scripture, our salvation, he is revealing who he is. Israel, he took them because he wanted to reveal who he was. The church, he wants to reveal who he is through our lives and through us being his body. So his revelation is a central theme of all these things. That that's the, the, the intent. This is amazing. I don't really like the phrase, this is the instruction manual for life. Yes, but it's also, he's revealing who he is. It's more than just doing things. It's, he's a person. So God is with us, but he's at the center of the story. I'm not at the center. My problems aren't always his problems, but he will help me in them. So we'll get, we'll explore that a little more, but first perspective we need to take is God is at the center of the story, not me. Now the second one is, uh, we are immersed in brokenness. And as Americans, we could, a lot of us can buy our way out of a lot of pain, but none of us can escape it ultimately. Death is probably the number one thing. It's an equal. Everyone gets it. We all have an expiration date, uh, on, on this earth. And that it hurts. We weren't made for that. I shared about my father-in-law. But, uh, but also, um, our humanity is broken. God created us in His image, but through the fall, things got curved and twisted and torn apart that shouldn't have been torn apart. And part of my humanity is less than what God has intended, and, and so is yours. And what that creates is broken cultures. So we, we have a broken humanity and we have broken cultures. And in America, I love, I love our country. It's not perfect. We have great things about it, but we also have things that increase my brokenness. It revs me up that I gotta go buy the next piece of gear, especially in Alaska. I think, man, if I had the right jacket for this type of situation, all would be well. It's not true. <laughs> uh, in Oregon, where we used to live, I can't stand the rain. I, it just wore me out over time. And I grew up in it. I, I think I just rusted through. And um, I used to bike to work, and uh, I just got sick of it. I'd wear it, the best rain gear I could afford, and I'd be soaked um, from the inside or the outside. It didn't matter. And so eventually, I wore shorts and just a wool top, and I'm going to get wet, and we're going to deal with it. But the, the underlying theme of our culture is we can buy what we need to address it. And I I think that we need to realize that brokenness, I need help in it. I can't just buy my way out of it. I need God to be with me in it. And so there's, um, and pain is, is a big part of it. And often I can either try to buy something or I could preoccupy myself with something else. It could even be church activities to preoccupy myself from dealing with life. But I think God wants to be with me in the the deepest parts of my life. And he wants to bring life to where that is. So let's, uh, if we could put that scripture back up. We're going to look at that and, and underscore a few things uh, of Isaiah 41. And so if you get a little lost, I, I, I have a lot of scriptures. They're in the worship guide. I'd encourage you to look at them at home. So do not fear, for I am with you. And if you want to do a fascinating study in Scripture, I want you to go and search for all the times God says, I will be with you, or I am with you. It is awesome to see when He says that and what happens. Lots of intimidating and difficult things. He said, go do it, and I will be with you. And you know what? It makes all the difference. I told my wife that when we moved up here. She was in a lot of pain. She's like, how does that matter? And Reese, you know, the last two years, he's really, she's thought about that and wrestled with it. And and it re, he really has mattered. He's brought peace in her pain. And just losing her father this last year, I, I encourage you, would you ask God to comfort you? Would you ask him to do it? Because that's, I barely do that myself. I usually reach for a piece of cake or <laughs> whatever it is, like a good Swede we ate in my home. But here's what scripture says. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And if we go to the back part of that, 17 through 20. The poor and needy search for water, but there is none. Their tongues are parched with thirst. But I, the Lord, will answer them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. So I, this is where I think about our brokenness of life. It's like the ruins of the land there. I will make rivers flow on barren heights and springs within the valleys. I will turn the desert into pools of water and the parched ground into springs. I will put in the desert the cedar and the acacia, the myrtle and the olive. I will set pines in the wasteland. The fir and cypress together. And this is where I think when we go back to point number one, God is at the center. So that people may see and know and may consider and understand that the hand of the Lord has done this, that the Holy One of Israel created it. God sees our brokenness, and He wants to be with us in it. And as we walk with Him and respond to Him, He is glorified. It reveals part of who He is, His compassion, and how he strengthens us. You know, so part of how I get practical with this is in my pain, I ask God, would you comfort me? You know, I I said that to my wife. It's easy to tell someone else to do it, but I ask him, God, would you bring me comfort now? And often I have to recognize that I'm in pain. (laughs) Usually I don't. I'm just worrying and activity and just Man, I, I just want to feel good. Let me look up my favorite sports team, which is God's team, the Washington Huskies. Um, I'll, anyway, you could throw stones at me later. They've been awful my son's whole life, and so I, I feel really bad about that. So I ask God to comfort me in that. But often I'm trying to do something to deal with pain in my life. So the first part is awareness. That, and then I ask God, would you bring me comfort in that? Another area is courage. I think we need courage in life because it's often very difficult. And so I, when I was driving into Alaska, we finally got through the Canadian border and I was excited. It had been a long process. We had been in motion for about 18 months. So this was the summer of uh, 2012. And, uh, and I'm looking around at all these trees. I was like, man, these don't look like Northwest trees. These are little, and they're birch, and, you know, there's cottonwoods everywhere. Uh, We have those. But I also, at at the same time, my heart just kind of sank, because I thought about the pain of my kids leaving their friends, and my wife leaving community. And it's like, Jesus, my courage bucket is empty. I don't have any more. Would you get in the cab of my U-Haul with me right now, and give me courage for just today? and and God gave and he met me in that. I think when we invite God into our present situation, he meets us right there. He wants to be near us. Um one of my favorite scriptures that can be a little bit out of context is from Matthew 12:20. Uh and it and it's talking about Jesus, it says a bruised reed he will not break and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. So if you're If you're struggling in life and you feel like, man, my my wick is barely lit, God is for you. (laughs) You turn to him, he will protect that little flame and cause it to to burn brighter. A smoldering wick he will not snuff out. If you feel like a bruised reed, he's not going to break you off because you're weak. He wants to meet you right there. He's with you. He's for you. And so that's... Part of I, I asked Jesus for courage, uh, partly because he left it all to come and be God with us in a human body. That takes incredible courage. Our older brother, Jesus, is incredibly courageous. Amazing. And so I think when I need courage, I think about him and I ask him to be with me. Another area that I ask God to be with me in my brokenness is love. Sometimes my heart freezes up. And I just ask God, would you melt the love that you put in my heart for this person? Often it's my wife, and it's usually my fault, but I still may have a hard time loving or feeling loving toward all kinds of people. I'm have ai really easygoing until you cross my line, and then you're on my list. But guess who needs love the most? People on my list. And God wants me to do that. And it's usually not in myself to do that. And so I, I ask God, would you help me love? Would you melt love in my heart that you put there so that I can give love where it ought to be given? He's with me in that. Then give me justice. There's times in my brokenness where we experience the brokenness of others. And you get a label put on you that isn't true. or It's not all true. <laughs> and uh, it's like, God, would you give me justice in the situation? When I hike... I pray for people, especially when I can't breathe well, I pray for people who are struggling in life. Sometimes that's me. <laughs> and I just I, I start huffing and puffing pretty early. And so, Lord, would you bring justice to the situation? I've often prayed that prayer. Uh and if it's me, would you show show me? I, I know I, I've definitely learned that uh part of brokenness, it's not everyone else's fault. So there's a few temptations when we look at brokenness. Number one, we could blame God. It's definitely not God's fault. (laughs) Broken people create a a bigger mess, and it increases like a vicious cycle. We are broken. Our cultures are broken, and we create more mess, more and more mess. That is not God's fault. He is with us in that. He wants to bring—that's why the church exists right now. He wants us to press into that and bring life where there's brokenness and destruction. So number one, we could blame God in our brokenness. The others, I could, br- I blame others really good. I'm gifted at that. Uh, <laughs> I grew up in a household where you had to argue your way out, and I got pretty good at it, you know? Um, I think there's professions where I could have made more money doing that. But um, anyway... Uh, one of the most painful lessons in my life in ministry as when I was a new director, it was about 2001. One of my best friends, we were co workers, we were senior staff in this collegiate ministry. And then I was picked to be the director. And then he really irritated me. And I thought everything was his fault. You know, if he just left, all would be well. And then that summer, we came to Alaska, and I worked for one of my other friends, and he was the director. Man, I don't like working for this guy. You know what? He and I are kind of similar. I I probably wouldn't like working for me either. And at that moment, that summer, I finally embraced that I'm part of the problem. And that, you know, my friend did end up leaving, but we, and we took a long time to uh, reconcile with each other. We had to give reassurance, you know, I'm okay with you, are you okay with me? It was really painful. And there was a long time where I thought it was all his fault. It's all your fault. That's a total lie. Part of the brokenness is I'm broken, and I need God to be with me. And he wants me to give justice and be honest. So brokenness is a perspective we need to take into our story. It's very real. The good news is God wants to bring life to desert places. Ah... so, man, I want to speak specifically to you. I love that uh that 33 series looks great. I think I'm gonna jump in with that. Um I went through the quest for authentic manhood, I don't know, ten years ago or so. How many of you know Jeff Schulte? I saw him in that video. He's done a lot here in Alaska. He now has moved down to lower forty-eight. But um man, I think we need to realize that if as we look at the social problems in the world. We create a lot of them. I don't know why that is fully. And I, here I'm not a behaviorist. I'm not going to say, that's bad, stop it, try harder. I don't think that works. So I want to encourage us. I, I think there's a scripture, thirty-two, Isaiah 32-1. That says, Each man shall be like a shelter from the wind, a refuge from the storm, like streams of water in the desert. We're meant to be life givers like our older brother, Jesus. Instead, we usually add to destruction and create more. So man, I would love to encourage you to pursue health and life. If you are, if there's brokenness around you, you might be the common denominator there. And I'd encourage you that God wants to be with you and he wants to help you give life to those around you. That is our heritage of being a son of the Father. And so I want to encourage us to pursue life and health. All right, we'll try to land the plane here. Sometimes I have a bounce landing or two. but uh, So the last uh, couple things. Um, So we have God is at the center of the story. Brokenness, we are immersed in brokenness. But the third thing is that... One of the beautiful parts of being a Christian is the idea that there are things that are true of me and they are also becoming true. So the idea of becoming. Calling is another way to think about it. Following Jesus isn't just about believing the right things and hey, all is well, I'm done. Check that off. But He wants me to become like Him. And He wants you to become like Him too. It's this idea of becoming something. I am a son of God, yet I need to become a son of God. Both of those things are true because I don't think like one. I don't act like one. I don't live like a son of God all the time. So he wants me to become a son of God. And so this idea of calling helps me interpret my brokenness way differently, that he can bring life into these desert places of my life. Um, and one thing that helps me do that is I take scripture and I hold on to it. Uh, when I was in high school, we, my, my friend had a little Boston whaler with a 30 horse Johnson on it and he would water ski behind it. I was not athletic enough to do that. He was a big dude, 6'1, 215, really muscular. And when we go to water ski, we don't, we only have a driver and a spotter in the boat and he'd, we'd dump the throttle, and he'd take a big breath. He'd hold on, and we would drag him through the water for like a 100 yards. It looked like the Loch Ness Monster, just water going over his head, and then his head would pop up. He'd hold on, and we'd keep dragging him. Eventually, he would get up and go. That's how I view holding on to Scripture sometimes. Everything in life is pulling against me, and I hold on to God's Word. And some of these Scriptures are those very things. When I Think of Isaiah 41.10. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you by your my righteous right hand. Uh, there's another section of scripture um, that I walk by faith in. And that's Habakkuk 3.16-19. Uh, 9, I'm sure most of you read that this morning. It's very common. I always misspell Habakkuk. It's always underlined. So it has two K's in it, uh, if you want to know. So, listen to this. This is uh, a time when Israel was experiencing, hey, you know what? You're going behind the woodshed for a while. There's a country coming for you. And it's going to be very difficult. And uh, I'm going to be with you, and I'm going to bring you out of it. And someday, they're going to get theirs, too. Uh, God is he's a God of life and a God of justice, So this is what Habakkuk says. I heard, and my heart pounded. My lips quivered at the sound. Decay crept into my bones, and my legs trembled. So he heard about what was coming. Ah, I can't handle it, God. Yet I will wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading us. And then he says this section right here, 17 through 19. Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. And this is the part that I hold on to at 19. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer. He enables me to go on the heights. And when I finish my hikes, I try to go as fast as I can. And I pray that out loud. God, the Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer. He helps me go on my heights. And as I'm praying for people struggling in life, God, would you strengthen them? Would you be their strength? And he meets, He has met me, and I'm not claiming to be anything. Uh, I don't actually think my story is as difficult to some, I probably—I don't know if I can handle it. He's given me all I can handle, uh, and in his strength, beyond what I can handle. But he does meet me where I'm at. I I could say that, that this verse has been an anchor for me going against the stream of life, that he'll help me walk with him. And it's strength for the day. It's bread for the day. It's not, I don't see all of how it will resolve, but he'll meet me in the day and in the moment. And he says, walk with me. So I want to encourage all of us that we would walk by faith in what scripture says. And if you just need a handful of peace, that may be all he gives for the day. So, and I don't know where everyone is at um, the reality of, of brokenness is very real, and I'm, mercy is one of my gifts, so I don't want to leave people hurting even more, but I, I want to give comfort that God is very near the brokenhearted. And I'd encourage you to, to pray this morning if you need prayer. And I, I'd encourage us to walk by faith with our shepherd. He's going to lead us step by step to life. He doesn't go across the ravine and call to us and make us figure it out. He's going to go to the to one place. Come, come my child, come to me and we'll go to that place and will lead us around as a good shepherd would. He'll meet you right where you are and he'll strengthen you for the journey. So as we look at 2015, God is with us. He wants to create life in our desert places. And that life glorifies him. Doesn't make all easy, but it's good. It is so good to experience his life. So let let me pray as we close. And uh, I also want to invite: if any of you want to talk more about these or other scriptures that you could hold on to, be happy to do that. I'd encourage you if you need to find a way to get healthy, press into the pastors or some of our leaders. We have counselors in the church. It's good. God is good in the midst of brokenness. He is very good. Father, thank you that you love us. You loved us so much that you sent your son to be with us, to restore our broken relationship, but also to be with us until we come home. And we need you, Jesus. We need the power of your Spirit in our lives daily. We need reminders that you can strengthen us for what we face for the day. Thank you that you didn't leave us alone to just figure it out. God, I pray, number one, that we'd wrestle with your name being good, that you're a good Father, that we would think about that and wrestle until we come to grips with your goodness. And God, I pray for anyone here today that is needing justice in their lives, for you to meet them in pain. God, you would answer quickly. Father, we pray that we would be a body that helps one another to grow through life seasons. That we'd be life-giving to one another. I'm excited as I look at 2015, and I'm hopeful Lord, as we're in a journey as a church, that you would be with us every step of the way. And thank you for where you've taken us, and we look to what's ahead. Father, thank you for your kindness. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.